0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about tools that can help you control your inbox. Joining us is Andy Mowat, who is the CEO of Gated, which is the first tool built to help people protect their attention rather than having it attacked by over 10,000 people. Gated is flipping marketing on its head and in the process, reducing the noise and helping great content get through to your inbox. And today, Andy and I are going to discuss how reaching your audience is evolving. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Andy Moat, the CEO of Gated. Andy, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. It's great to be here, Benjamin. Excited to have you on the show. Excited to talk about what I think is one of the more interesting innovations this year in marketing, not just MarTech specifically, but broadly, we all think about email as being one of the primary marketing channels, mostly with B2B and SaaS companies. Seems like there's a lot of direct cold outreach that brands are relying on to try to find their customers. I know that we do it and it's been less and less successful over time. And I'm freaking out, man. So talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing. You work in this space, understanding not only how people are getting to the inbox, but some of the ways that can filter that content. What are you seeing with the relationship between brands and their audience and how is it evolving?
2: Yeah, it's actually one I've been thinking deeply about for a long time. I think there's two areas to look at here. One is like, how do you get new people and how do you outbound? But I think your question was much more around like how do brands engage audiences? So there's really not too many owned ways to reach an audience, right? Like you can rent a SEM list, you can rent ads and all the other different ways to kind of engage people one time. But in terms of how do you communicate with your owned audience, there's really only email. And maybe we're starting to see actually maybe the proliferations there of communities where you can try to engage them in a community if you want to build one, but that's hard to do. And so there aren't a lot of new ways to engage an audience today. So email, people keeps anymore.
1: You mentioned the sort of acronym earned and owned and paid. And I think it's worth going into that. There's always different paid channels to test. You can always pay and rent space. You can earn media. You can go and do your PR and try to do something that's interesting, get other people to talk about you. Hey, podcasting, that's a great way to do it. Own media, building a list. So there's a couple different components to that one is doing your lead generation, right? Actually capturing contact information. And then the question is how are you sending messages? How has that evolved? Communities you mentioned I would say that if you're a content creator, we own our audience email as well talk to me about some of the mechanics for actually building those lists and have those evolved in the last couple of years
2: well I guess there's the building the list from an opt-in perspective and I don't think that has fundamentally changed right you can put up gated content you can put up interesting value add stuff where you can say listen do you want to get access to our newsletter I think there obviously are the devious ways to build those lists as well too which is the one you should never do, which is buy a list, or there is, you can go ahead and figure out who your target audience is and guess on their emails and send. If you're thinking about owned audiences, really only want to be doing the first piece, and they fundamentally haven't changed. What has changed though is automation and the ability to get people's information very easily on email.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, the one thing that sticks out is you mentioned the sort of connection of, well, you can rent an audience, and often what you're doing is renting an audience to try to make them your own. You can do performance marketing and have them be directed to a place where they're opting in to give you an email address, and that's how you're collecting information about your future audience. And the question becomes, how do you stay in front of them? Hey, maybe you have them added to a community. Maybe they're subscribing to a content feed, your newsletter, and then there's your direct emails. Talk to me about what's happening with direct email and and what are you seeing in the marketplace? Are people getting more emails? Are they responding more? What's the world look like when it comes to actually communicating with that own audience? It's tough.
2: I mean, I've run now marketing operations, three unicorns. You can build the list. You can send the content. I'm seeing there's definitely a lot of intelligence around what content you send and trying to make that as relevant as possible. Clearly, there's the classic stats, right, of are people clicking and engaging? And if they're not, you may need to pause that list and come back at it. But in terms of the fundamental ways of sending, I don't see them changing dramatically. What I have seen that's really innovative and we touched a little bit on it was community, right? Like at Culture Amp, we had a massive list. We would send 100,000 But the problem with that is you can only send so many times before people either tune out the content or they don't click on it. And so you're constantly kind of like adding to that list and then degrading the list. I think what we found was really effective was how do you put assets that people want to engage with around that, right? So we ran, I think it was 180 events a year, meetups, geek ups, different types of things. We had community job boards. We had a lot of those things. And so I think a lot of the success, right, is... If you get an audience member and they're not ready to buy right now, that's the challenge in a lot of this stuff, which is how do you keep those people warm? How do you nurture them? And so you can just keep sending them good content all the time. And you can definitely figure out like, okay, great. Who are they? Where are they spending time on my website? How are they engaging with me? And you can, I've seen some really neat tools that have started to get intelligent about like what's the right content to send to somebody, but still they've got to want those emails. And there's so much noise there of people are both you're subscribing to newsletters that you do want, you're getting default opted in through the sales process or in some other way, like somebody's pinged you once, and then people have added you to a list that you actually haven't accepted. And then there's the ones that people are just adding you to newsletters all the time. And so I think what's ending up happening is we're getting this newsletter marketing blast overload. I think there's also the key question of do people want to consume content in email? Is that something that, and personally, I've made the decision that, no, I don't want to consume content in email. I want to consume it on other platforms. And when I'm in content consumption mode rather than communication
1: mode. I'm a religious unsubscriber. Like you get one shot at me. And if I see an email that I don't like from your brand, I'm out. I don't want newsletters. I I get two newsletters in the morning. They're daily morning news and technology updates and try to stay well, I take it back. Juan Mendoza's this week in Martech. It's twice a week. I love it. It's our sister newsletter. I read that one word for word. The other newsletters I kind of passively get and I I don't want a bunch of bloat in my inbox. Now maybe I am the outlier where I am unsubscribing from everything. How often do people unsubscribe? Is this something where if you can get a lead and you just add somebody to your newsletter, there likely is value? Or are people actually going to unsubscribe like I do?
2: Well, first off, like I have a similar behavior to you. There's only two that I let into my inbox. One, by the way, is one that I, I do read as well, too. So it's a very high bar of what do I want to be able to consume in content there. I will tell you though, unsubscribing is dangerous. So if you've subscribed in the first place and it's a reputable newsletter, you're good to unsubscribe. But if you're unsubscribing from something that you never subscribed to in the first place and you don't have a relationship with, that's a signal for them that you are listening to it and they can sell that data on to somebody else. And so I always caution people about like, don't unsubscribe. If newsletters or other types of messages have an unsubscribe button, but you, it also opens you up to viruses as well too. And so I generally advise not to. So to your question of what's the behavior of the unsubscribe of different people, I, I can only speak to you from sending marketing mass newsletters, just running mops at three unicorns, which is like there's standard unsubscribe rates. They're going up slightly. I think people are annoyed, but I think a lot of people just tune it out. And I think that's where gated comes in, which is, do you really have to deal with unsubscribing to all of this stuff?
1: Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, MuteNex. You mentioned that unsubscribing can open you up to all sorts of other problems. Give me a little bit more detail about that. How am I going to get in trouble by pressing the unsubscribe button?
2: Well, if you're a reputable newsletter like Wands or somebody else like that, you're not. But if you are unsubscribing from something that's not, like you've immediately raised your hand and said, listen, this inbox is monitored. I pay attention to it and I read it. So they may either never unsubscribe you because now they're like, great, this person's reading this stuff. Or they will unsubscribe you, but then they will sell that information on to somebody else. And I think either of those is not a great scenario to be in. So I think there's how effective is unsubscribe versus spam marketing is a question. And if it's a marketing system, it's reputable for a compliance standpoint, they will enforce that on there, but there's no reason that you can't shift it to another platform or take that email and send it somewhere else.
1: If I go to gated.com and you have a newsletter, and if I engage with your sales team, they sign me up for the newsletter... I can click unsubscribe and be opted out of the email because you're a reputable source. I already know who you are. If a random newsletter shows up in your feed, you're basically saying, don't unsubscribe to get it away, even though you're trying to be nice and saying, no, thank you. You're actually better off either ignoring it or spamming it.
2: That's my belief. Yes. I think with Gated, we in particular said, from a default perspective, if you don't know or haven't approved somebody, it shouldn't go to your inbox. And so the problem just goes away. But for anyone else who your inbox is free reign and you have no control over it, it's a problem. And I generally would suggest in that case, spamming it instead.
1: Talk to me about the data for cold outreach. It seems like, at least in my experience, we ran cold outreach campaigns targeting MarTech companies for like three or four years when we launched the MarTech podcast to try to drive our sponsorship program. It worked like gangbusters. We got our first $25,000 of revenue in our first month by sending 50 cold emails to MarTech companies who ended up buying a whole bunch of sponsorship stuff that I never expected they would. It was wonderful. We met CallRail. We met SparkPost. These are our first sponsors and we're still grateful for the relationship. They're cold outreach campaigns. I didn't know who the people were. I was just trying to introduce my podcast to their brand. It seems like those types of marketing tactics, and at least what we've seen in our data, are dramatically less performant now than they were even three, four years ago. Have Have you seen the same thing with cold outreach being less productive than it used to be?
2: Yes, I mean both in the stats and then just anecdotally. Yes, like the reply rates to cold emails continue to drop. The sequences get longer, but I would say, like if you step back, every single marketing tactic once it works. Everyone uses it and it becomes, by definition, less effective. The job of a marketer is to constantly be testing and iterating on new tactics. You know, every time LinkedIn rolls out a new feature, I jump all over that because that's going to be something new that people haven't tried, right? Like when they did in-inbox placement or all those things, like they work initially. I think with email, it's interesting. Most other marketing channels, you have two or three advertisers that want to reach somebody. They bid it up and one wins, right? So the price keeps going up. With an email, there is no pricing mechanism. So what ends up happening is anyone at any time can send that email through. And so if the noise is getting louder and louder, you're starting to tune out more and more of that. So I'm absolutely seeing that's the case, right? And especially in Martech where you've got the 10,000 tools plus all the services and the ad spend and all that, it's just overwhelming for people there. Like I was running RevOps marketing ops and demand gen when I came up with Gate
1: Part of me wants to say, look, everybody, stop doing your cold outreach campaigns. Stop reaching out to people that haven't asked for your contact information. Find another marketing channel. Figure out a way to do inbound marketing. So you don't have to have this relatively decelerating performance channel that you're reliant on to try to make new contacts. I can't do it. The cost of email marketing is so minuscule relative to other channels that I understand why marketers do it honestly, we still do it. We're still sending some cold outreach. I hope nobody sues me for this, but we're trying to find brands that we think would be good business partners. And the easiest way to do that is get an email address and reach out directly. So help me make sense of sort of this, well, you're reaching out to somebody who didn't necessarily ask you to reach out to them. Maybe that's not the best user experience, as opposed to this is a practical way to get in touch with the people that you want to. And it's still, while less effective an effective marketing channel.
2: I guess I'd split it into two. Like if you're talking about sending content to an audience, I think you continue to do that. If you're talking about outbound, that's a different play in my mind. I think there's the difference between are you selling something to somebody or are you marketing to them? So I can go down either route. Like I guess I would say to me, email is the unique identifier in every single marketing system. Every time somebody tries to get a hold of you and capture you, like email is that unique ID. So we capture that. We use it in all of our systems. It's how we sync across different folks. And it's easy to guess and do it. And so like, people are going to continue to do it. And I think it's a core fundamental foundation. Like I believe in outbound email. I just think that what we're trying to do is push people to think differently. And unfortunately, the rewards for quality outbound email don't really work well, right? It's in today's world, pre-gated. You're gamifying the subject line. You're trying to get somebody to pay attention to you. So you've got 20 characters that you can tweak and refine and do for outbound email, and that's about it. And the odds of people actually reading your email are incredibly low. And I think people are in a mind of, let me kill all the bad stuff and then move on with my day. And that's kind of the existing mentality that people
1: have. Look, 30% open rates if they don't know who you are. That's probably realistic. If you're sending a cold outbound email and you're not super well targeted and your email copy isn't or your title isn't incredible, 30% of the people are actually going to open the email.
2: Yeah, maybe biased up too off of like the systems that are auto-opening it. They may be opening it and unsubscribing off of it. They they may be doing that. I think it's unfortunate you can't sense read rates, but they're pretty damn low as well too.
1: You can't get read rates, but you can get reply rates. Yes. And reply rates are like 1%. You're going to send 100 emails, maybe one person's going to reply. There are other ways to get in front of your customers, but still... Outbound email marketing is an effective channel. It's something that works. It's the reality of the world, but it is also changing. There are new mechanisms as the consumer that you can use to help start gating that inbox to protect your time and attention. And that's what we're going to talk about in tomorrow's episode. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Andy Moat, the CEO of Gated. Join us again tomorrow when Andy and I continue our conversation talking about the impact of gated emails. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Andy, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him over email. His address is andy at gated.com, or you can visit his company's website, which is gated.com.